and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Have you ever been uh, in a room and hearing a conversation, or maybe you were the one that had this very conversation, this very statement? Man, they just getting on my last nerves. I'm just so tired of them. I just wish they sit down somewhere. They bothering me. I just wish they'd be quiet. You know what I'm saying? It's like every time I look around, they always got something to say. They, it's, can they just be quiet? Has that ever happened to anyone? All right. I, I kind of figured that with, the, you know, the little laughter going on there, you know. Um, and in hearing that, I was like, man, that is so interesting because we all have been there. I have been there myself. Um, and as I always have started out with this a phrase, because I got this from the Fondren 6 p.m. service, that where it says, my life and your life will go in the direction of our most dominant thought. In that moment when I'm saying, man, they're getting on my last nerves. I just wish they'd be quiet. That's uh, the mind frame that I'm in in that moment. So much so that even when the person uh, is saying that, I can look at them in a way like, hmm, could you be the problem? And it's like, oh, I won't ask them that question. You know, I just keep going. Uh, and what stands out to me about that statement is literally it's like you want to help, you want to do something, but it's like, what can you do? Because every time they come around, somebody's always bothering them. Somebody is always annoying. Something is always going on. And in thinking about this, I was, uh, you can turn it to your Bibles, Luke chapter 8. And thinking about this, it's like you have in our lives different people that come in our lives. Some brings us joy, uh, and some brings us sadness, brings us pain. They could bring us in a moment, it's like, oh, I got to deal with this person today. Like, really, today out of all the days, I got to deal with this person. Um, And it's interesting, in Luke chapter 8, when you look at verses 22 through 53, Jesus himself encountered various types of different people. And I'm pretty sure Jesus was probably feeling this way uh, when he was approached by these people. So have y'all ever had a moment that where you were in a good sleep, like a real good sleep, and you were awakened by someone, and when they woke you up out of your sleep, you probably gave them a little piece of your mind, either from a a facial expression, maybe some words, like, ugh, why are you waking me up? They could have waited. Go in there and fix it yourself. You know how to fix food. Just put it in a microwave. Awaken out of your sleep. So Jesus himself, Luke chapter eight, Donovan and pull it up. It's slide two. 
different things that happened in his life. Annoyed, bothered. Jesus had to deal with. He was awakened out of his sleep. Just paraphrasing some of the things that happened with Jesus in this moment. Luke chapter 8. He was awakened out of his sleep. He was on a boat. He was asleep. And out of being awakened, it's because of his disciples, they were afraid. So Jesus, he was awakened out of his sleep. He had to deal with calming a storm out of his sleep. He was met with a demon possessed man. This man did not have on any clothes. Next. A crowd welcomed him. Everywhere Jesus went, someone was always there waiting on him. Jairus, a father, talking to Jesus about a girl dying, which is Jairus' daughter. Here you have situations that Jesus, he didn't ask for. He's minding his own business, but he's interrupted several different times by these different things. And out of being interrupted, it reminded me about something. Jesus had to deal with life. And that's literally what we're talking about today. Dealing with life. As we know, life has its ups and it has its downs. So if anybody was annoyed, would y'all say it would have been Jesus in this? And think about it. He was awakened out of his sleep and he never went back to sleep. Not only that, none of these people are his family members. None of these people are his friends. Other than the disciples that woke him up out of his sleep. So Jesus is literally dealing with life. He's dealing with, you could say, other people's problems. You don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever dealt with other people's problems? So much so, people can share their problem with you that kind of seems like they want you to solve the problem instead of them learning from the problem. So how do we deal with life? How do we deal with different uh, situations that we are faced with? So there are three questions that I have whenever I am dealing with life, whenever I am navigating through a situation, whenever I am navigating through different things, These are three questions that I ask myself when I am dealing with life. Number one, who am I acknowledging? I'm going through life situation. Who am I acknowledging? Number two, what am I asking? What questions am I asking? And number three, what am I applying? As we go through life, we are acknowledging someone or something. Whoever I acknowledge, that is literally who I am allowing their answers to come into my ears. And I am applying the answers that they give. So you think about it. If somebody is really bothering you or or a situation and you go to that person who you think can help you or you go, I put it to you like this. There was a time in my life. When I wasn't a Christian and things would be bothering me and I would go to a certain group of friends. When I would go to these friends, the information that they would give me, I found myself doing the very thing that they were suggesting. But those were the things that I did not want to do. But I was doing them simply because I was acknowledging 
them, which means they were the influence in my life, which means now I'm applying their answers. But I want different results. At times, when we're going through and navigating through life, we're acknowledging people that we should not be acknowledging. We're asking them questions about our own situations and we haven't even asked God about the situation that we're actually navigating through. So then we ask them the questions, get their response, which now their attitude is now a reflection on us and we're carrying it out. And we're like, man, how in the world did I get like that? Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to do that. But it's simply because it started with who are we Acknowledge. So in Luke chapter 8, verse 43, starting there, I'm pretty sure we are all familiar with this scripture. Luke chapter 8, verse 43. So here it is, Jesus, as we said, a crowd. He's welcomed by a crowd, a man named Jairus is telling him about his daughter, a girl that's dying. And then it says, Jesus was on his way. The crowds rushed him. Verse 43, all of this is happening at the same time. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately Her bleeding stopped. Verse 45, Jesus said, who touched me? She asked, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. So in this moment, Jesus has all these different distractions, you could say, or people just coming. They're talking, they're engaging him. And in this moment, you have a lady that is dealing with life. She's dealing with a life issue. And so in this moment, she's, she's saying, if I could just touch his hem. But before she even could touch his hem, it said in verse uh, 43, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Different translations even talk about how for 12 years she was going to different people and asking questions, but she never got better. She got worse. So in that moment, she's acknowledging different people, but these people aren't helping her with her situation. So her situation has gotten worse. Her situation is to the point, it's like, hey, you know what? Right now, I know against, uh, in the law, it's saying that, hey, I can't hang out with people because of my situation. I have to stay inside the house. But she hears about Jesus coming. And so she makes a decision. If I could touch the hem of his garment, garment, I will be made whole, dealing with life. Here she is in a state that in order for her to get what she needs, she has to be in a position of surrender. She has to be in a position of bowing down. So you think about it, the hem, the very bottom of a clothing. She said, if I could touch the hem. So in order to touch the hem, she cannot stand tall. So here she is, she's dealing with a life situation, but she knows in order for me to get what I need, I have to look at the posture of my heart and the posture of my body. 
So if I want to get healed, I can't continue to stand in this state that, that I am in. I can't continue to do the very things from the ones that I've been acknowledging. They've been telling me to do it this way. I have not gotten any results. So in order for me to get the desired result in my life, I must bow down. I must surrender. But even in this bowing down and surrender, she had to do this in order to not be seen. Because of the condition that she was in, by law, she had to stay in the house. She could not come outside. So basically, with her being seen and caught, prison. But she's like, uh, uh, I've been hearing about this Jesus. And I got to get what I need. But in order for me to get what I need, according to the law, I can't be seen. But also, too, according to him, I must be in a posture of bowing down. I must be in a posture of surrender. But Jesus says, someone touched me, verse 46, I know that power has gone out from me. Verse 47, then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, she came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in Peace. Let's go over to Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Her situation, dealing with life, illness, a sickness, a posture of surrender, a heart of surrender, a bowing down to touch the hem to get what she needed. Here in Luke chapter 9, Jesus asks two questions. Who do People say that I am, and then he turned around, who do you say that I am? In this moment, Peter confesses and said, hey, thou art the Christ. So let's pick up in verse 23, and that of what Jesus' response is to this. He said, then he said to them all, talking about his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? So here it is. Jesus, he says, four applications. And this is what I want you all to, to walk away with today in dealing with life and dealing with situations they are going to come, uh, dealing with people they are going to come. They may be family members, may not be family members, but how do we deal uh, with life? How do we deal even with situations in our own bodies when we need healings, in our own mind when we need healings? What is this process? What is the application? Jesus mentioned four different applications, and they are, I'll put them up on the screen, come, deny, take, and follow. Come, deny, take, and follow. The first one, he says, come after him. Come after me. Have y'all ever gone after anybody? Married folks, dating folks? Yes, you have. Um, <laughs> come 
after, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would pursue me, if anyone would come after me, what does coming after God look like? If Jesus, if I am to come after you, if, if I am to pursue you, if I am to, pers- uh, to seek you because I'm dealing with life, and if you want me to come after you and acknowledge you and not come after these different people that I see, their opinions, their suggestions, how do I come after you? How do I pursue you? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, verse 30. Donovan, I know I didn't give you these scriptures. It's okay. I just got them this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, and it's in the NIV when you get a chance to pull them up or whomever is on the screens uh, there. Appreciate you all for assisting and helping. Matthew chapter 11, verse, uh, uh, verses 28 through 30. Coming after God. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Notice the people that came to Christ. Jairus, talking about his daughter. Even the man that's demon-possessed. Even the woman with the issue of blood. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. My instruction, my way of doing things, it's easy. It's not complicated. It's not hard. It is easy, and you will find rest unto your souls. You will find rest. I will find rest unto my soul. Dealing with life. I can remember before I came on staff uh, at Word of Life Church, I was dealing with life. I was dealing with like, oh man, you know, I want to get married. You know, I want to have a nice job, but the job that I'm at, I'm traveling, I'm on the road. And if I get married, I'm on the road Monday through Friday. And I'm like, I want to be at home with my wife and I'm dealing with it. I'm navigating and I'm like, Lord, what do I do? How do I handle this? But even though I'm asking him the question, I'm acknowledging other different people. Now, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging people that God is sending you to. There's nothing wrong with asking people, even that you're, you're close to, that you know that has a heart for God and following God, to ask them different questions. That's okay. The problem is, even when we're getting responses from them and it doesn't line up with what God has put on our heart, that becomes the problem. We're not getting his results. So lo and behold, I am literally applying for job after job after job after job after job after job. I thought that used to be a movie uh, where it says, hey, you're overqualified. Yeah, that was a statement. You're overqualified. Really? If I'm overqualified, well, why you hadn't hired me? You know, I would think you would hire me on the spot right then and there. You know, signing bonus. Some overqualified. Sound like to me I'm underqualified. That's why you're not hiring me. And so I'm going through, I'm navigating, I'm dealing with it, I'm dealing with it, I'm dealing with it. And I'm like. 
So even with the dream job that I always wanted when I was a child, I was pursuing that hard. Now, when I say pursuing that, I'm talking about pursuing it. You know, there was a physical workout you had to do. You had to run your laps in so many minutes. You had to do so many push-ups. You had to do so many pull-ups. You know, and so, man, I'm training hard, 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 hard. But every time I would go to God in prayer, all he would show me is the church. All he would show me is the sanctuary. And I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do with a saint? What am I going to do with pews? All I can do with a pew is sit down on a pew. What am I going to do with a pew, Lord? So, lo and below, I, I kept asking, you know, like, okay, God, what is it that you want? God, you know, and then with the job, they're telling me, hey, you know, we're doing background checks. You're going to hear from us. And so I'm still pursuing. I'm training. I'm doing the whole nine. Lo and behold, the Lord had me to change something. So it goes back to, am I coming after God? Am I following him? Because I won't rest. I want a job. The job I'm at, I don't want it. Because I can't be on the road away from my lovely wife Monday through Friday. Come on, man, just married. Monday through Friday, away from my wife. That's too long. So I'm like, God, you got to do something. You got to do something. Isn't it amazing how we put the pressure on God and God is like, I've given you the answer. Just obey. So I'm putting all this prayer. Come on, Lord, time winding down. I'm about to get married. Come on, time winding down. Come on, Jesus. Where are you, Jesus? Where are you, Lord? Can you hear me? like I done already told you, the church. I done showed you the pews. But I'm pursuing this job at the same time while I'm thinking I'm pursuing God 100%. And so I'm back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so lo and behold, short story, I get called to come on staff at Word of Life Church. I didn't put in an application. I didn't even let them know that I didn't have a job. But I just literally did what God told me to do. And I have found rest unto my soul. Question, that what you're dealing with right now. Who are you acknowledging? Are you going back and forth? Or are you literally pursuing God? Are Are you coming unto him? A lot of times, too, when we're dealing with life, we can worry. We can try to become the person that is the solution to the problem. And God is like, I don't want you to worry. That is not for you to worry. I want you to come unto me to find rest unto your soul about the situation. I want you to come unto me and find rest unto your soul. And in finding rest, it not only helps us, it helps the people that are around us because now they see our life of faith. Now they see our testimony of faith and that of trusting God. Now it opens up a door for them to be able to trust God. One of the things that I I thought that I would never experience, but I can relate to the woman with the, the issue of blood. In that of being pushed away from society. I can remember going on a missions trip and you read about leprosy in the Bible. But we went on this missions trip and they're telling me we're going to a leper colony. I'm like, leprosy still exists today? Does it? Wow. So literally, we're going up this mountain 
this mountain, I'm sitting here like, how did, I'm like, there are people up here? It's like, yeah, there's a family up here. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So literally going up this mountain in the vehicle we're in, I'm like, how can we even get up this mountain? I didn't even think we were going to make it up the mountain. So we finally get up to the mountain. The only two people that visit them, the doctor and the missionary that we're traveling with. They're up so high on this mountain, you can literally see the city. So they're seeing a city that they can't even go in. They're in a, in a place that they're seeing things around them flourish, but their own lives not flourishing. So I thought. So we get there, and I'm just like, whoa. I'm looking at the what they call a house. I'm like, that's not a house. I'm looking at the ground. I'm looking at the civilization, the little that is there. And I'm like, man, this is all you all have? This is. So we get there, and we, we have the food, and we begin to talk. And they literally start singing worship songs in their language. And I'm standing there like, wait a minute. You only have two people that visit you, the doctor and this missionary, and y'all still singing praises unto God? You can't even go into a city and you still singing praises unto God? I'm like, wow. And this is what got me. You're talking about somebody finding rest unto their souls. They started singing Amazing Grace in their language. And me, I just broke down because I'm like, I'm thinking they don't have anything. But they're saying they have everything. They have the very one. That even though civilization and that even within their bodies, what's going on, they're dealing with life. They're dealing with they can't be around people. They're dealing with they can't even go to a grocery store. They're dealing with, hey, I only see my brother and sister every day, but I don't see anybody else other than a doctor and a missionary twice out of the year. Those are the only two people that come to them twice out of the year but they're still singing amazing grace. They're still giving God thanks. They're dealing with life. They're navigating through life. Is it easy? No. But in the middle of that, they're lifting up their voice and giving God thanks. In that moment, they're acknowledging him. In that moment, they are applying praises unto God. The application in the life of praise. My question to you, my question to myself, as we deal with life, are we giving God thanks and praise? Are we still coming to him to find rest? Rest his way, not our way. Rest his way. Number two, deny yourself. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and two, four applications. Come unto me, find rest unto your soul. Number two, he says, deny yourself. Deny. Does anybody know 
what denial means. Have you ever been denied yourself? I know I have. Deny yourself. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. What does it mean to say no to yourself? Verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and perfect will. Denying yourself, saying no to self. At times, as we deal with life, our bodies, our minds, say it this way, in dealing with life, Our mouths, our hands may want to do some things. Our mouths may want to say something to someone, some things. They say, man, I want to give them a piece of my mind. Think about it. If we keep giving them a piece of our mind, evidently we're going to lose our mind. (laughs) And then, you know, say like um, context, like, ooh, Man, I just want to put my hands on. Not the laying on the hands, you know, the five-fold ministry, you know. <laughs> and dealing with life. Sometimes. Sometimes. I never forget, we was in Meridian, Mississippi. And uh, we met our um, we met Kim's sister and my brother-in-law. We we met halfway. So, you know, they like to shop and things like that. And so we come from one store parking space. I don't even know why we moved because it's like the store was here that we were coming from and the next store is like literally right across the street like Boys and Girls Club. So um, we moved from this parking space to go over here. And so out of me driving, you know, getting in the parking space, I was like, oh, I went in. So like, let me come back out and go back in to line up just right. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this horn comes. It's like, man, I'm just straightening up. And in that passenger seat, you know, it's, it's something about that passenger that just likes to stir up things at times. Not all the times, but at times. The driver is calm because, you know, the driver's like, hey, it's okay, I'm ignore it. But this passenger all of a sudden looks out the window with the window rolled up. Calm down. He moving. You just wait and be patient. You just wait and be patient. And I'm like, babe, they can't hear you. Their window is up too. But getting back to what I'm saying, dealing with life, dealing with life, present your bodies, present your bodies, your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the Lord. In dealing, even with parking, we have to deny ourselves. So it's like you and I, we have to realize in life, things are going to happen. In life, there are going to be some unexpectations or like things that it's like, this is not what I expected. This was unexpected and I don't like it. 
but it matters how we respond. So this is a two-part series I finished. I close out the series with the uh, next Sunday. But notice with the woman with the issue of blood. She came. And she denied herself. A posture of surrender. Uh, a posture of bowing down. A, a posture of I have gone and talked to people for years, but I'm literally doing what they told me to do. And so in dealing with life, God is saying, will, will you come and will you deny yourself? Will you deny what you're feeling? And he's not denying what we're feeling, but he's saying, give it to him. But in that position, for her to touch his hymn, She could not stay and touch. She could not stand to touch his hem because only she could touch his head. She could have only touched his shoulder. His elbow. His waist. His hand. The hem. So literally what she had to do. She had to bow down. And touch the him. In dealing with her situation, in dealing with life, she had to surrender. She had to come and deny her feelings. She had to come and deny the very state she was in. She didn't see this state as a lowly state. She saw this state as worship. She saw this state as surrender. She saw this state as I must position myself to get the very thing that Jesus has already laid up and set up for me. But if I don't position myself, I can't receive the very thing that he has already made available for me. And could it be the very thing that God has already made available for you is at the place of your surrender? at the place of your coming, at the place of your denying. And sometimes we don't want to get in this posture because to us, we're like, I shouldn't have to bow down. I shouldn't have to surrender. It's not my fault in the first place. I didn't bring this upon myself. I have done good. Why should I bow down? Why should I surrender? And Jesus is saying, anyone that must follow me, that wants to follow me, they must come after me. And she touched the hem of his garment. And she got the very thing that she needed. And so maybe you're here today and there are things that you're dealing with in life, in job, in with children, in teachers, with the children. Are you coming? Are you acknowledging? Are you asking God what to do? Are you asking God, what do you need to apply in your life about this situation? And he just simply said, come unto me, all you that are weary, heavy laden at heart. I give you rest, but will you come? But out of this coming, you have to deny out of this coming, you must surrender. Out of this coming, I know you want to give them a piece of your mind. 
out of, out of your coming, I know you want to look at them eyeball to eyeball. But out of your coming, will you deny what you really want to say, what you really want to do? And just do the very thing I'm asking you to do. Will you just send that text, an encouraging text? Will you send a handwritten note card? I, I know you're dealing with life. I know you're dealing with this situation, but will you surrender? Will you allow me to come in and give you rest by coming unto me? And so as we deal with life, as we navigate through life, I just want to encourage you and encourage myself posture of surrender. And a surrender isn't quitting. A, a surrender, a, a posture of surrender isn't saying that they won. It's simply saying, you know what? God got this. He already won. Let me just lift up my hands and let me give him thanks. Cause even right now, I don't even want to give him thanks. Cause I'm like, why am I even in this situation? But he told me to come. He told me to deny myself. So I'm just going to surrender. I'm going to lift a hand or maybe not lift a hand. I'm just going to say in my heart, okay, God, I surrendered like the woman 12 years. She tried, Lord, for 12 minutes. I tried for 12 months. I tried and it's not working out. So let me surrender because as I surrender, I will find rest unto my soul. Ladies and gentlemen, we will deal with life, but will we deal with it God's way and find rest or will we deal it with our way, in our way and be frustrated and worry? So I want to encourage you, let's deal with life God's way. Let's come, let's pursue, but also to let's deny. And in that denying, that's where we're open hearts, open hands. And we're saying, God, I'm not going to allow this situation to affect my relationship with you. I'm not going to allow this situation to affect my trust in you. I'm not going to allow this situation to affect on how I look at you and acknowledge you. But what I am going to do while I'm in this situation, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to give you thanks because in doing this, I am letting myself know that it's about relationship versus situation. It's about relationship. It's about relationship. And as I know more and more each day, your love for me, I won't be moved by this situation. As I'm reminded each and every day about your love for me and lifting up my voice and giving you thanks, this situation will not speak louder than our relationship. And so that's what I do when I come. That's what I do when I deny. I'm putting emphasis on the relationship. The relationship of the one who gave me his all. And not the situation that's temporarily, but the relationship that is eternal. Let's bow our heads. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to come. Thank you for this opportunity to be reminded 
of relationship. Thank you for this opportunity to be reminded to come and to deny ourselves, to deny a situation and place your relationship above the situation. We're not denying what we're going through. We're not denying what we're experiencing. But we will not deny you. The one who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So Father, I thank you that in dealing with life, you have already given us the application to come after you, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross follow you so father we thank you for this time we thank you for this day we love you we appreciate you and we're grateful for you in Jesus name we pray amen